I want to talk to you tonight, something that's been on my heart, just about being weary. Don't be weary. You know, the word talks about not being weary. And I think it's important for us to encourage and talk about kind of, you know, we want to, we're faith people, and sometimes we want to talk about all the faith stuff and all the things that we're overcomers and we're more than conquerors and greater is he that is in us. And we don't sometimes want to talk about the stuff that we're going through or maybe we're, you know, overcoming. And we're not going to focus on those things so much, but I want to just see what the word says about not being weary and well-doing. Amen? Amen. How many have a vision list, things that you have vision for for the year? I know we've talked about that. We're, we're going to talk Sunday is our vision Sunday. We're going to present some things that are in our heart, vision for the year. But, you know, I, I was thinking how important it is. I think we need to do it with our kids. They need to have vision for what they want to see in their kids' class, uh, vision for the young people. It's important if we don't have vision, we don't write it down, if we don't ask God of some things. You know, that was one, one of the uh, verses in our reading yesterday was keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And a lot of people think, well, if I keep doing that, then I'm not in faith. Well, it doesn't mean that you can't keep on asking something else. may not mean that, I believe that, you know, if we keep asking for the same thing, that possibly, you know, we may not have faith for it, but we don't want to be weary in what we're doing. So we want to ask God, and then we keep on asking him for something else. And then we keep thanking him. God, thank you that you heard my prayer. Thank you that you're moving on my behalf. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is moving, and, and I may not be able to see, feel, or hear, but I know he's moving and he's working on my behalf in the spirit realm. Amen? And then we just keep asking him for other things. But I think sometimes we give up. We, if we don't see things happen right away, you know, we, we sort of let go of, of what we're believing God for. And that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight is, is not letting go, not giving up, not becoming weary in the things that we're pressing towards. Amen? You know, the enemy, the only thing he has on us, he knows that we know the truth. He knows that we know what's right. But the only thing he has on us is to wear us down, to make us tired, to cause us to get into doubt and unbelief, and he wants to steal our faith. We have to protect our faith. We have to protect what's on the inside of us. You know, uh, it, it's important that because all the things that come against us, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that. But Jesus came to give us life, right? And so when the enemy's coming at us to steal things, he's, he's, a lot of people focus on the stuff that he's stealing. But the most important thing, and I've said this before, he wants to steal from you is your faith. Because if he has your faith, then he has you. And so all the other things we're believing God for, you know, we come to him because we believe in him. And we believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But when we don't see things come to pass, then we think, well, maybe he's not hearing me. Or maybe I did something wrong. What am I doing wrong, God? And so we start beating ourselves up, and we start, uh, uh, it, it becomes a, a big circle. <laughs> we're, we're like in this vicious cycle of, well, God, I asked you for it, and I'm not seeing it yet. And then we sort of pull back from our, what we've been asking him for, and then we change our confession of faith, and we start saying things. Well, I haven't seen it yet. Maybe it's not God's will. And, you know, and so it's a, it's a vicious cycle. First of all, you've got to find out what is God's will. Because if you can't ask according to the word of God, then maybe it's not his will. You need to find out what the word of God says first and ask according to what the word says. If you're asking amiss, then you're asking as an unbeliever. I know that Jesus paid a great price for me to walk completely whole and healthy. I know because it's in the word of God. 
So I know when I'm dealing with some sickness or something in my body, and I go to him and ask him, Father, I thank you that your word says, 1 Peter 2.24 says, that if I was healed, then I am healed. And so I claim that right now as, as, as a believer and as what is a part of my inheritance. Amen? I know that Jesus took it on the cross so that I wouldn't have to take it. Now, it's something that I know. I'm just giving an example. So when you're believing God for something, you're going into the uh, prayer closet and you're asking for something, you need to find out what you know. Do you really know what the word says about this situation? Because then when you know, then you can cover it with the word of God. And the word of God says, the word says that he watches over his word to perform it in your life. And so when you know that you know, then you don't pull away from it and you can stand on it in faith. You, you, it's simple, but you see what I'm saying. So, you know, and I want to give you this scripture here before we dive into this. It's Romans 1, 11. And this is something I believe that, you know, the Holy Spirit was showing me today. This is something we need to have an understanding when we come into this place together. You know, Paul said this. He said, I am yearning to see you that I may impart and share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen and establish you. And uh, the word establish or strengthen is to be fixed or set so that we're not swayed off the word. So it's important we're coming together here because there's an impartation, because as pastors, there's an anointing on us to impart gifts and, and spiritual insight and strength into you there if you'll put a draw on it. Now, you can come in here and not receive anything because maybe you're not, you know, thinking, well, whatever, I'm just here. I'm just doing my time. Or you're here to receive from the Holy Spirit. It's not the man, you understand. It's, it's the call. It's the gift. It's the office. It's what God's put on the inside. Every time I go to a meeting, we sit down, I say, God, I want everything you have for me. I don't want to leave here without one thing that you have for me here. So I set myself to receive what you have for me in the Spirit right now. And I believe that if we do that, it puts an honor. It honors the word and it honors the gifts and it honors what God has for us, what's being presented to us. We can go into a place and be complacent and be lethargic and not be expecting anything. And I guarantee you'll leave that way. If you don't come in expecting to receive an impartation, you will leave without that impartation. So we need to heighten our expectation when we come in here. There is purpose beyond, you know, I know we say it's important that we're gathering. Well, it's in the word of God to not forsake the assembling. And I'm a pastor and I'm going to say it's important to not forsake the assembling. That's my job. Uh, we're shepherds. We're gathering the sheep together. This is what we do. But Beyond just that, what the Word of God says, it also says that there are some spiritual giftings and strengthening, some things that will help establish you, that will set you straight. There will be things that maybe we didn't even say that the Holy Spirit will minister to your heart, and he'll speak to you on the inside, because iron does sharpen iron. And so if you're listening for something, the Lord will speak to you, and he'll give you something if you're expecting it. Amen? Do you believe that? Something else that the Lord uh, spoke to me. He said, and, and let me just say this, you can believe it through impartations, you can believe it through laying out of hands, you can believe it from the teaching of the word, and even your communication with each other. There, there can come a, an impartation uh, by the Spirit, just being together and communing. That's why it's so important to commune together, that, that fellowship, it's so vital. Um, but something the Holy Spirit was telling me today when I was getting ready, he said, there's enough word and truth power presented here enough worship and spirit that will empower you to do the work that God's called you to do. Do you believe that? 
you know, a lot of times I, I think it's really important that we, we put, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We put um, uh, pertinence or we put uh, not just expectation, but we, we value, we value where God's planted us. It's like a, a, a marriage. I value what I am married to. If I stop valuing him, then my eyes will start looking around for something else to satisfy, to fulfill me, right? So it's important that we are satisfied we're, because if God's planted you here, he's planted you here for a purpose. And there's, there's our part, but there's your part. And if we become complacent and critical and judgmental on what we're receiving, then maybe we need to make an adjustment on our ears, on what we're, our expectation on, because, you know, everything can become mundane. Life can become mundane. If you're doing the same thing, your job probably is very mundane. You're getting up, doing the same thing over and over again. But you have to do it. Why? Because you get a paycheck, right? Because it's supply for your family. Well, there's something about coming into a house, the house of God, with an expectation from the Spirit of God that he will deliver something new and fresh to you every time you walk in this door. That it, it's, it's something, and, and, and let me just say this. It's, I, I'm going to try to say it very carefully. There are a lot of speakers out there. There are a lot of teachers. There are a lot of words being spoken on the Internet. And if you are just feeding on the Internet and feeding on what's coming at you, it is dangerous. Number one, God's planted you in a house. This is your main supply. Number two, when you set yourself under another man you're listening to or a woman, whatever, on the Internet, and you don't know their personal life and you don't know how they're walking and you don't know what anointing, good or bad, because there are some bad anointings that you're setting yourself up under, it, it can be very dangerous. And you can hear things that are not the truth. And right now what the enemy's doing is he's mixing the truth with lies. He's putting a little dab of truth in there, but a whole lot of lies in there. And people are swallowing it whole, and it's causing deception, and it's causing eyes to see wrong, and, and hearts are being tangled up in this. And it's really, we have to be really careful. We have to be careful. Everything has to come in line with the Word of God. Amen? It has to come in line with the Word. So, are we doers of the Word? Amen. So that's one of our important parts that I want to uh, uh, present to you tonight is another part of being able to not become weary in well-doing is being a doer of the word. Again, the complacency can set in. Some things can become mundane if we're not doing the word of God. And when I say, we know this scripture, what does it mean to be a doer of the word? When I tell my kids, you know, you can be resistant to what God has for you, or you can just obey and do what he's called you to do, and it'll be much easier on you. The other day, Braden was, had to get up and go to school. It was last Wednesday, and he was fighting me. He did not want to go. He was throwing a fit. He's putting on the cry thing, you know, eh, you know. And I'm just like, oh, I don't have any tolerance for that. And I said, I'm just going to give you two options. You can whine and cry, and I'm going to drag you to school, and then you're going to lose all your privileges this weekend or for the next two weeks, I said. Or you can get happy, and we're going to go to school, and you'll have your privileges this weekend. And he made the decision to line up and receive, and obey, and do what was expected of him. And it was much better for him in the end. He was able to receive 
and, it, and he, there was a reward in it. And that's the way it is for us. If we will do what God is asking us, if we will obey the word of God, if we will be doers of the word and not just hearing it, but applying it to our, our, our lives. And how do we apply the word of God? I know there's, you know, there's a, a normal getting up and having our devotions and our time with him. We spend time in the word of God and we pray and, and, and you know, we do the things we do to have time with him. But then we need to apply it to, to our lives. We need to be saying some things about what's going on in our life. Are you dealing with worry? Are you dealing with anxiety? Are you dealing with fear? Are you dealing with, uh, uh, you know, fretfulness over something in your life, a relationship, a, you know, I don't know what it is, but get the word out and find out what the word of God says and start speaking that over your life and declaring what God says. What does God say about your life? What does God say about your finances? What does God say about your relationships? What's God saying? Amen? And so it's important that we're doing that because that, that, that's how we be a doer of the word. Something else the Holy Ghost spoke to me in the beginning of the year, and he said, some people will leave 2023 the same way they came in to 2023. They will not have any change in their life because of two things, blame and excuses. They'll blame other people. They'll blame their situation. They'll blame their circumstances. They'll blame, you know, they'll blame us. They'll blame whatever it is on whatever is going on in their life and make excuses for never making change. I'm not just talking about us, but I'm talking in the world. And so it's important that we uh, have an arrest in our hearts for what God wants to do to make change in us. We have to actively move towards what he's wanting to do. You know, I, I, I was talking to somebody, and they were saying how excited they were about, um, you know, what's going on, and, and, and they're seeing miracles. And actually, it was a couple weeks ago when we were praying here. I think I was speaking. And uh, we prayed in the spirit for a minute. And while we were praying for in, the, in that minute, I saw this couple. And I saw them doing some things. And so it's kept coming back to me, kept coming back to me. They're people that we know in Ohio. And I thought, man, am I supposed to, supposed to tell her what I saw, you know, Lord? And usually if it keeps coming back to you, then you're supposed to say something. So I wrote her today and said, hey, I just saw this in the spirit when we were praying. If it means something to you, whatever. And then she wrote me back and said, oh, my goodness. It's exactly what God's been telling us to do. It's just another confirmation. And then she was, they're a young couple, and she was just saying how they're, they're, they're really, their ministry is focused on healing, and they've been having like Friday night revivals and um, lots of focus on healing, and they're seeing young people being set free from witchcraft and um, all, all kinds of demonic stuff. And, the, you know, and that's, that's the heart of God. Um, but if we're, we're not excited and we're not moving towards what he wants, what he wants to do, if we just become complacent with our lives and we're doing the same thing over and over again and we're not saying, God, what's the vision? What do you want us to do this year? We need to write it down as a church. We need to write it down corporately. We need to write it down individually. We need to write it down as couples. We need to write it down, you know, how do you want me to pray for our nation? You know, don't just come up with stuff on your own. Let's, let's find out what God wants. Amen. Let's not live 2022 again. Let's do 2023 different. Let's ask him what's new, what's fresh for this year. Okay, so I have keys up here, and um, <clears throat> my car is the kind that has a button that you push um, to start it. But if I don't have my keys inside the car, it'll, it'll just ding. It won't go anywhere. I have to have these keys to make my car go. In any car, you have to have it, right, to make it go. It's the, the access to make things move, right? 
Well, in Matthew 16, 19, I don't have this one up there. This one came to me later. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What are the keys? We have the keys. Whatever you bind and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. So we have the keys. We can bind. We can loose. We can bind the enemy. We can bind the will of God to things. We can loose the power of God. We can loose the spirit of God. We can loose angels to go forth, ministering spirits to go forth and bring in an increase in this house, which I speak over at this house every Sunday when we do that. Um, th we have the keys. Are we using our keys? Because your car is not going to go unless you're using your keys. Here, here again is what I'm saying. We can become weary in well-doing, and we don't utilize what we have. We have keys. We can utilize binding and loosing the power of God. He's given us the authority. He's given us the power. He's done everything he can do already. It's all up to us now. Now, I want to just speak to this one statement, and we sang about it a little bit, and I don't want to say it's a, it's a total wrong thing, but a lot of times I think people say, I'm just waiting on God. Well, there is a scripture that says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with eagles. You know, you guys know it, Isaiah. But that's called, that's a part of you getting in his presence, just listening to him, just your time with him. You're waiting on the Lord. You're listening. You're letting him minister to you. But it doesn't mean your whole life is to be waiting on the Lord. And I think a lot of us have gotten into the mode of, I'm just waiting on the Lord for my ministry. I'm just waiting on the Lord for this. I'm waiting on the Lord for that. And he's waiting on you saying, I gave you the keys. You need to put the keys in your car and push go and move. Because guess what? Time is short. Jesus is coming. We don't have a whole lot of time left. So we need to be sharing the gospel. We need to be getting people saved. We need to be uh, casting out devils. We need to be uh, sharing the love of Jesus. This is our job. This place should be full because we're doing our part to bring in the people so that they don't die and go to hell. We don't have much time. We have the keys. We have the keys. We've got to use the keys. I'm just trying to nudge you. I'm not coming against anybody. And I'm not, I don't want this to be a condemnation thing because this is what was really nudging me. So I'm giving you what I got, <laughs> what the Holy Spirit was ministering to me. So our, our primary verse that I want to look at here is Galatians 6. And it's Galatians 6 through, uh, 7 through 9. And it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh of the flesh will reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now let me just stop there. You know, we're on our, our fast right now. And the whole purpose of this fast is not for us to become more spiritual, but for us to let go of some things in the naturals, let go of some fleshly things, let go of some fleshly desires, to be able to tune in and hear him close, clearer, Right? to draw closer to his heart, to draw closer to his, his mouth, to hear what he has to say to us. And I don't, have you all been, can you tell a difference already? Just some things have kind of been cleared out. And, you know, and, and social media, I think, is one of the biggest things, you know, for us. And, and it, it's a tool. It's a tool. I'm not coming against it completely because it's a tool for us to communicate. It's a platform, which is what, why I love it. 
It's a platform to, for us to touch other people. I've helped people on there. I've, I've, I've ministered to people. It's a place for us to, to speak and declare. And we had a song go out during COVID that uh, Pastor Steve wrote, and it reached the Muslim countries, and it, and it was shared over 300 times, and over 1,100 people uh, liked it just because it, it was called dwell. It was, I will dwell in the house of the Lord. It ministered. It's a tool. But any tool that you have can become uh, a, a problem. It can become an obsession. And so um, if it becomes a cistern, like I talked about last couple weeks ago, those cisterns that we're drawing from, we're drawing well, a well, the, the waters from, instead of the well of Jesus, the well of life. And so as I was um, meditating today on this, I thought, you know, it's so important that we recognize when we're drawn from that, that cistern of social media for our help rather than going straight to the throne room. You know, because here is where I think a lot of folks are, are listening to other teachers. They're seeing all the memes and all the statements. And we're, we're writing our own statements because we're trying to encourage people. I'm not coming against it. But what I'm saying is it can be a diversion from where God's put you. It can be a diversion for your marriage. It can be a diversion for your family time. It can be a, a diversion for your, your hopes and your dreams. You know, there's times when I get on there and I've seen other churches doing things, I just get discouraged. I have to just get off because it works on your emotions. So it can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing, but it's a thing. That It's a tool, and it's a tool for you to use to help, but it's a tool the enemy will use against you if you allow him to. And it'll divert, and it'll deceive, and it'll plunge you right into a place where you're not in the will of God anymore. And so it's important that we understand that it's a seed that we're sowing. It says here, God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, he will reap. If he sow into the flesh, the flesh will reap corruption. I know my brother was saying that you actually have endorphins that are released. You know, you become addicted. It's like a drug when you're on there. And you get a like or you, you read something that, you know, because it's information. We're drawn on information. We're getting all kinds of knowledge and, you know, and understanding of things. And, oh, what about this diet? No, oh, here's the Daniel fast. And, oh, and they hear you talking. And you can talk about deodorant. And then later on, you'll see all kinds of, you know, <laughs> uh, advertisements for things. Because they're feeding into your flesh. See, the devil knows how to feed into your flesh and to divert you from feeding your spirit. If you're sowing into your flesh, you're going to reap from the flesh. If you're sowing into the spirit, you're going to reap from the spirit. So my question is, are we sowing enough into the spirit to, to keep a balance in our life where God is actually in control of our lives? Or we're listening to the voice of the spirit and not the voice of the flesh. Everything is seed. Time is seed. Money is seed. Uh, relationships are seed, food is seed, everything that we do, all of our likes and dislikes, they're all, it's all seed. And you're going to reap something out of the seeds that are sown in your life. We need to be more choosy about the seeds that we're putting on the inside. Amen? So, let's look at this. Uh, verse 9, it says, And let us not grow weary while doing good. Who? Who? Us? us, the body of Christ. What happens? It grows. It doesn't come instantly. Oh, you're just so tired. 
No, it comes slowly. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I am so tired. You ask somebody, how are you doing? I'm just tired. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm just tired. And we tend to kind of go to that answer a lot, even if we aren't tired. You know what I mean? It tends to be the word that we say a lot. And I'm not, please, I'm not coming against anybody because I do it myself. I'm just saying, this is, and the enemy wants to plant seeds into your mind because your mind is connected to your heart. And Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. And so in your mind, you're saying, I'm tired. And you might be tired. I'm not saying you're not. But the enemy wants you to confess it and profess it and talk about it and claim it. And then all of a sudden you realize, you look back and go, I've been growing weary. It wasn't an instant thing. I have grown weary. And we're going to talk about what happens when you grow weary. <laughs> and look, it says, while doing what? While doing good. There's things that we're doing that are good. But we're growing weary. But the word says, in due season, we shall reap. <laughs> If, everybody say, if, if we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. I like the Amplified. It says, and let us not lose heart and grow weary. It puts the heart part right in the beginning. And faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season, we shall reap. If we do not loosen, relax our courage and faint. We shall reap. We live in a fallen world. There is fallenness all around us, right? The biggest lie that has ever been taught is that it's all up to God. That it's, that's a lazy religion, that it's all up to God. It's a no-fault religion. It's not my fault. It's, it, you know, we, we talked about the sovereignty of God. We sang about it but we're waiting on God because he's sovereign. Well, what has he given you to do? What has he said about you? What has he said about your life and your family and your future? I've given you a, a hope and a future that is bright, brighter and brighter the righteous path is. And so what are we focused on? Are we focused on the weariness or are we focused on what the enemy is trying to tell us? Oh, we just, yeah, just got to wait on God. Just it's not your fault. You're just in that waiting place. And we sort of kind of find comfort in that. We get lazy in that place of, I'm just waiting on God. Because I don't have to do anything. Well, maybe there's something for you to do. The enemy hates progress. He comes against us when we're moving forward. When there's any kind of momentum and anything going on in your life, in your personal life, in the church as a whole, the enemy will come in to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll cause diversions. He'll cause distractions because he cannot stand progress. Progress comes, and I, I want you, I, there's three things. I want you to pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Number one, pay attention to what you're paying attention to. What is the first and foremost thing that you're thinking about? What's coming out of your mouth when people talk to you? Because that's what you're paying attention to. We should be paying attention to what God has put on the inside of our hearts, what he's doing in this season, this hour. You know, what you're reading about, what you're excited about in the, in the spirit. Number two, wishing away your past doesn't work. 
we got to get our minds off of our past. We cannot think about yesterday is the past. It's gone. You guys remember the story about Lot's life? When she left the city, she looked back. Remember that part? And what it means to look, what it means to look back is you, you actually pay attention. You're considering it or you're giving it regard. So when you're looking back at your past, you're actually paying attention to it. You're giving it regard. You're looking at it. And it says she turned into a pillar. And the Hebrew word for pillar is garrison or to watch over something. She turned into a pillar because she looked back at her past and all of a sudden she was a garrison or a deputy watching over what, was, what was she was leaving behind her. And then she's standing there at the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea even now has no life that can be produced into it. That, that salt, she turned into a pillar of salt. You guys know that. So it's important that when, if we're looking to understand, if we're always looking back, there's no life in that. Amen? Your identity is with your future. Your identity is not in your past. Your past is the cross. Your past is under the blood. Your identity is what's next, what, what God's doing in you now and what he has for you to do. And the third thing is determine what you're going to focus on. When you get up in the morning, and this is just a real practical thing, but determine what, where you're going to set your mind that day. You're going to set your mind on just your, your, your agenda, what you have to do. And I know some of us are busy doing things and over people, and, and it's, it's tough to kind of work things in. But in your heart of hearts, I'm not talking about just what you have to do with your hands, but in your heart, where's your heart going to be set? Have your heart set on him. Have your heart. And you start your day out by saying, God, I thank you that you're such a good father. Thank you, Lord, that you're my provider. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. Thank you that Psalm 91, that I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, that you're my supply, and I don't have any need of anything else because you're all that I need. You know, just set some things straight first with your heart. Get your heart directed where it needs to go. Let's look at Mark 4. Are you guys good? All right. Mark 4, 26. Shake yourself. Turn the person next to you. Shake them a little bit. People are getting sleepy. <laughs> 4, 26. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, then after that the full grain into the head. But when the grain ripens immediately, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Who plants? Who does the planting? Does God do the planting? We do the planting. Who, 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 who does the harvesting? It grows. It says in that scripture, the man doesn't even know how it grows. It comes up first the blade and, and it comes up. So God brings that harvest. But then who puts in the sickle? The man, the farmer. And who reaps? The farmer. So I want to just speak to you a little bit about some seeds you've sown financially because the Lord's been talking to me about this with our church that um, we've planted seed and, and, the word, and the word says that God is not mocked. What a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. If you, if you sow nothing, you reap nothing. What you sow is what you're going to bring supply in. Everything I set my hand to is prosperous and blessed. If I've set my hand to nothing, then what's blessed? Nothing. 
Because the word, it's a promise in the word. It's a spiritual reality. It's a principle that it is in the word of God. And it says, if I will plant, I will reap a harvest. But it says, he puts in the sickle and goes in and harvests it. So I know Dad Hagen read one of the, our fathers of faith, wrote a little book. And it, I think it was something about how God taught me about prosperity. And he talked about how when you're believing God for increase in your life, the sickle is your mouth. And these keys that he's given us, the binding and the loosing, are very important to what is going on with our finances. That when we're believing God, you know, we've planted, we've done our part, we've watered, we've asked God for an increase. And we've, what we need to do next is say something. We, the sickle is your word. The sickle is your mouth. You say something. You say, Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. You have no authority over my finances. And I loose the power of God. I loose the ministering spirits to go forth and bring in the increase into my house. I claim it. It is mine in Jesus' name. That's the sickle going in and bringing in the harvest for what has already been produced because we've done our part. We've sown, and now it's our part to go in and bring that sickle and say, it's mine. See, we're all, a lot of us are probably in that waiting place. Well, I did my part. I'm waiting on God. And he's waiting on you to get the sickle out and go pull it in. You understand what I'm saying? That we still have a part to play. We cannot get lazy and complacent in, in reaping the harvest and what God has, uh, has promised us. Amen? All right. Are you all awake? All right. Okay. Mark eleven twenty three. You guys know this scripture. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he prays, no, what he says will be done. He will have whatever he prays, says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You can't ignore God and expect him to do the things your way. You have to do it his way. And this scripture, in that first part, it says, say, is it three times? And it says, pray one time. And so there's something to be said about the mountain that's in your life. Now, let me just put this in here. God didn't put the mountain in your way. He didn't, he didn't do it. He, he tells us to resist the devil, and he will flee. Speak to the mountain. Amen? We're not trying to pray it away. We're speaking to it. That's what that first verse says. And then, and then we believe God. Amen? We believe that he's on in, uh, working on our behalf. Now, there are, are I, I'm kind of dumbfounded at some of the things that are being put out there right now on social media. But there was a, a video that I saw someone had put on, on Facebook, and it says, um, the reason why, I wrote it down because I want to make sure I didn't misquote. The reason why life is so hard is because God loves you. You're rowing the wrong direction. What? I, okay, number one, that's manipulation. God does not manipulate us into doing things. What he was saying was you need to turn your boat around because you're going the wrong way. He's making it hard and resistant for you because you're going the wrong way. If you're going the wrong way and it's hard for you, it's because you're, out of, you're in disobedience, possibly, maybe walking in unforgiveness. And you're calling God, Jesus a liar because Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life abundantly. He didn't come to make it hard on us. In Matthew 11, it says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. 
My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He didn't come to make it hard. That's not the God I serve. And that's not the love of the Father to make it hard on me. He loves to give good gifts to his children, not make it hard on us. So here again, this is where we got to be careful what we're listening to. Because there's some dabbling of things to make people, oh, I'm having a hard time. This must be for me. That's total deception. And those seeds after a while, those seeds that are planted in the heart will produce a harvest in our lives if we're not careful. We have to be aware of what we're listening to. Do not listen to just any person on the Internet. I'm trying to help you here because it will cause a lot of problems in your life. All right, so saying, not praying. It's time to say something. Sometimes it's time to pray. Sometimes it's time to say. We need to claim whatever is ours, and we're, that's how we're putting the sickle in. Amen? So, you can't have faith to receive from God unless you're sure it's his will. And I talked about that earlier. We have to know what his will is. When we know what the word of God says, then we can claim what is, what is ours. If you don't know what is in the word and what is yours, then it's really hard to claim it. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's not his will that I go without. Amen? And that includes our desires, our heart's desires. It's not just, you know, just what we need, but he wants us to be blessed. Amen? We're almost out of time already. I can't believe it. I'm only halfway through. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You guys are, are you awake? All right. So the devil can't stop your faith from working. If you have spoken the word and established some things uh, according to the word of God over your life, the only thing he can do is make you tired and wear you out. And that's why it's important that we're aware of his devices. And that, that's something I think that why the Lord was wanting me to focus on this is we all get weary in well-doing. But the word of God says that if we'll not faint, if we'll not relax our hold on what he has for us, then th there will be reward. And I, I had a little word study here. I don't know if we can, we're going to have time to do it all. But um, the word weary in the Greek is to give in. It frequently denotes something that is evil or destructive or even unjust. So when we become weary, it's actually an evil thing that, that we're giving into. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. And this is all from Rick Renner's. If you guys uh, have access to Rick Renner's books or his online stuff, it's some good stuff. Or I can send you this information. But um, the word depicts, wait a minute, I just lost my spot. Okay. The word depicts to be tempted to give up because you feel accosted by an evil, destructive, or unjust person or circumstance. Have you ever felt like you want to just give up on something because you've been uh, treated unjustly or destructively? Have you ever tried hard to do what is right but felt crushed or continually resisted by some circumstance or person? Has that opposition caused you to feel tempted to throw in the towel? Probably all of us. In spite of the destructive forces that may have tried to rail against you or loom over your life, even if a truly unjust situation has reared its ugly head against you, God commands you to not surrender to the temptation, to become weary and give up. He is the one who says, 
let us not be weary in well-doing. I don't really have time to go through all of it, you guys. So we'll, maybe we'll continue another time. But I think it's really, you, you kind of get the gist of what I wanted to present tonight. It's just important that we are aware of what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to wear us down, trying to make us tired, get us focused on the wrong things, get us to talk out and say things that are not uh, uh, constructive, they're destructive um, to what God's doing. And, you know, we can sit in here and hear the word of God and do our own thing at uh, every day, have our time with the word, and knock it all down the next day with, with something we might say negatively. Uh, it's important that we're aware of our words. We're aware of where our heart is set. We're aware that God is moving. He is moving in this earth. Amen? And that he wants to do something amazing in our lives. And he is moving. And I like what Pastor Steve said. We're not waiting on him to move. He is moving. We, we just have to be aware of what he's doing. Because we get so caught up in everything else that's going on in this world. And then we forget, wait a minute. God's already moving. I mean, there's so many things happening all over the nations right now. Thousands and thousands of people coming to know Jesus and turning their lives over and miracles, signs and wonders. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on what God's doing in, the, in these last days. Amen. I'm so grateful that his spirit is moving in this place, in New Life Church. And he's got some great things in store for us. I believe he's, he's uh, given us vision for this year. And he's equipped us. And there are more coming. Amen. There are more, more people coming and more help coming. And I just believe God is, uh, he's got a plan. We're not going to let go of that plan in Jesus' name. Father, we're just so grateful. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have taught us and spoken to our hearts, given us just a word, if it's just one thing that was said tonight that we latch on to and say, okay, God, I, I need to make this adjustment. I, I want to I hear your heart. I want to... I want to do you. I want to be a doer of the word. And the fruit of that is joy. There is evidence on my face <laughs> that I am moving and doing what you've asked me to do in my life. That I'm I'm quickened to your spirit, God. Your spirit on the inside of me is quickening me and arrested my heart, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're so grateful. So thankful. So thankful, Lord. So thankful. Hallelujah. With a grateful heart, God, we give you praise. We magnify you. We worship you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. While everybody has their heads bowed and eyes closed, if anybody here has a need in your life, I don't know. I feel like the Holy Spirit's wanting to minister. If there's sickness in your body and you're needing a touch from heaven, if you just lift your hand, we just want to pray with you and believe with you. Yes. Anybody else dealing with discouragement or, or feeling weary? Like I talked about, you're just feeling like, man, I, I've, I have grown weary. And I just want to repent of it. I want to just say, God, I need your strength. I need, I need, I need an, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to enable me, to quicken me. Thank you, Lord. Is there anybody like that here? 
you're just feel, feeling weary. It's not a bad thing. We're just saying, Lord, I just need your strength. I need your help. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I believe every one of us can receive something from his presence right now in that room.